1: with the station and you know what i'm really really easy to find i'm located at 6831 central avenue in saint petersburg i'm on the west side of saint petersburg we're considered the west siders (laughs) we're right before the beaches from before treasure island beach not on the beach but on the way you can also find me at tropicalfruit.com or on Facebook at Junae's Tropicals. We have a lot of uh, fun pictures on there. Um, We just uh, had our Tropical Fruit Festival several weeks ago, and that was a big success. Um, We uh, try to hold that event once a year. Actually, I say try. It was our 22nd annual tropical fruit tasting, and um, it went well. We bring in all different uh, types of mangoes, Gosh, we, we actually carry over 60 of the best cultivars of mango uh, varieties. There's so many that are just wonderful, and new cultivars are being named each year. So that's our biggie, and a lot of people come to uh, try the mangoes. Uh, but we also have a lot of other fun tropical fruits to sample at that time, Um so, anyway, we, we just had that. It was, you know, it was pretty busy. So, Saturday gets a little hairy. Sunday is actually the the quiet, the probably the, the best day of the two to pay us a visit. But, nonetheless, come see me. Janae at Janae's Tropicals. We're up open 9 to 5, Monday through Saturday. So, you know, th- I, there's so many fun things that you can grow in Florida, Um And many people uh, come from the north, and um, the gardeners often wonder why, like, peonies, forsythia, bearded iris, and lilacs um, do not grow well here. And why petunias, poppies, snapdragons, um, why they give out in in early summer. So a lot of, I mean, the best time to, to plant those types of plants in Florida is around November, like November, December. And the reason is because of the heat, it just gets so hot here. It's just too hot for them. That's all I have to say in our in our steamy climate. So, and, and then for some plants, it's just um, too cold to grow here. So before planting, it's good to be educated as to what will grow here. And then many things, um, grow all through the year i mean florida is just ideal for so many landscape plants and really for the majority of plants you can you can install all through the year whereas up north it's seasonal and also i always find this interesting people come in from up north and they make a comment well your your plants are, are so reasonably priced Um, At home, we would pay three times the amount for the same plant, and that's because in Florida, things grow, and they grow all through the year, and you have to seldom replace plants. But up north, um, things are are sold seasonally, and it's like a mad dash to to get your plants planted, and um, so I think most nurseries are probably open only half the year. And it just amazes me the amount of revenue they grow in, or bring in um, during that short period of time. Um, so, and and the nurseries in the north, like in um, oh, I don't know, Chicago and New York and the Dakotas, uh, they have acres and acres and acres of land, and it's um, they 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 carry a lot of um, poinsettias and. And a lot of uh, annuals and what we consider here as a perennial, um, or we call them woody ornamentals, like lots of shrubs um, and gingers. And they're considered an annual up north, so so they cost quite a bit more. Anyway, I always just find that interesting. But things here in Florida um, just grow all through the year. And um, it's, you know, to consider a landscape that is well planned and well planted is a very good investment. Um, and many landscapers and real estate agents say a well planted home can add 15 to 20 percent to the value of the property. And um, uh, the landscape should be part of your home. Um, so i that's very, very important, and, and I'm just going to give you a, a few tips when planning a landscape. so I always recommend to the customer, and I'm willing to help people. It's hard for me to get out and about because we're very busy in the nursery but um sketch your home site on paper, put it on paper even if you know you draw stick figures that's a great a great start um, and and just it doesn't have to be exactly the scale, but a a guesstimate. Um, helps walk around the yard and and notice like your good and bad features around the yard if you want to cover like the the air conditioner or um, if if you lack a fence line between neighbors and um, you can create a wall with um, plants so determine where you need screens shade flower gardens ground covers and so forth um, remember the landscape is basically an extension of your Home. Think of it as um, outdoor rooms. Um, you might want a room for entertaining. Um, one to to hide your maintenance equipment. Um, you might want a privacy area for the family. Um, and so, with plant material, you can create walls that separate the rooms, um, the way a builder does for a house. So, um, you can use trees to frame the house, enclose the property, create shade, uh, and good tip keep your trees at least 15 to 20 feet uh, from the house and septic tanks that's um very very important because you don't want um, roots to interfere with your septic tanks or foundations and i always um, like to cluster plants the magic numbers i'm sure many of you have heard of this um i choose odd numbers like three five seven nine etc um i think groupings just look better with um, odd numbers um and then as far as color plan spots for spots of color that you can easily see from walkways patios and windows put it where you can enjoy the color perhaps a a sitting area and then also take into consideration um out of sight out of mind because um uh, color or, or potted flowers take a little more maintenance. And if they're way out in the garden where you where you don't see it every day, um, they're harder to maintain. And generally, flowering plants take a little primping and snipping and a little more fertilizer. Um, so just keep that in mind. And a little garden art is always fun. Um <laughs> uh like uh let's see sundials bird baths statuaries um waterfalls but remember too much of it might uh, clutter the landscape design i don't know if i should tell you this story or not but <laughs> it's kind of funny i remember i used to have this fellow named mark who worked for me and he was a very interesting character and he shared he would bring me like like yard art and I'm like Mark where did where did you get this from he and he just when he would come to work on occasion he'd have like a a cute little snail on a stick with a circle around it like a no snail sign and then I I wondered if he was taking these things out of yards and I'm like don't bring me like any more yard art um I couldn't believe it so he said he shared a story and I probably shouldn't even say, but, he, but it always stuck in my mind. When he was a kid, he and his friends used to go around two yards all through the neighborhoods and, and, this is horrible, but steal small statuary. And then they would take all the statuary and they would put it in a row leading up to one of their schoolmates' front doors. And in the morning when he would wake up, he would have gnomes and and deer and all these animals and concrete pieces all the way up to his front door. And that just stuck in my head. Uh, I don't know. I, I'll never forget that one. Uh, so anyway, there you have it. So, uh, um, this is a big like tip that I have. Okay, leave the front of the house open. Um, You need to know how large plants will get, or it creates a tunnel effect. One thing that I've noticed through the years, um, that when certain junipers, like toriolosa juniper or arborvitae, which is a type of a a big, round, um, uh, very wide juniper... Uh, many are planted right on each side of the walkway leading up to the front door. Well, when they're planted, they, they might be two feet high, and um, then they grow and grow through the years, and then the entrance to the front door gets smaller and smaller, and it creates this tunnel effect. So, and then you have to like take a machete and find your front door. Um, so it's a very good idea to to know the size um of the what the size of the plant will reach that you are choosing by the front door so I always i keep the the plants right up to the entrance smaller um and um, because you don't want to lose your front entrance um, that, that's very very important and you should be able to see the front entrance from the the road and sidewalks um, or it creates a tunnel effect but uh, what the junipers and arborvitae those are great as far as like a, a wall or or, uh, or fencing or screening um, so and I can hope you make proper selections so it's a good idea to learn the ultimate sizes of the plants before making your uh, final selections Um, and just remember most plants grow tall and wide so you need to leave enough room between them so they can grow a little Um, common mistake is just to cram too much into the landscape design Um, so don't over plant Um, so and as I was saying earlier Um, there's no time like yesterday to plant a tree and get your landscaping in. And this time of the year, I mean, we're getting plenty, plenty of rain. So, and, um, many overcast days. We're in the summer, um, August, although it is steamy out. Uh, with the rain we've had, everything is looking lush. And, um, it just looks great out. The whole nursery looks pretty, um... And when I, when I drive around, things just look so much cleaner and happy with all, all the hard rains we've had. You are listening to Janae with Janae's Tropicals. I'm located at 6831 Central Avenue in St. Petersburg. I'm really easy to find. I'm on the way to Treasure Island Beach. So um, make us a destination. Uh, we're before the beach. You can find me at tropicalfruit.com and on... Um, the Facebook Janae's Tropicals, and you are listening to Faith Talk 570 and 910 W T B, and love you guys. So as I was saying, remember you can um, plants can be added to the landscape at any time of the year here, and there are so many things that flower. Um, and so, and if you uh, choose your um, plants right i mean you can have something blooming um, at all times of the year so you just have to um, uh, be a little selective and you need a little um, education and remember flowers are not only the only plants that can provide color Uh, look for fruits colorful foliage um, uh, bark um leaves there's so many things that can provide color speaking of bark we we have a very interesting tree um and um i think it's absolutely gorgeous and we actually sell quite a few of them it's called the rainbow eucalyptus and um i think people they must go online to find to and stumble upon them or if you go to bush gardens um it's a native tree to australia and they have massive rainbow eucalyptus trees all around bush gardens i just that's one of my favorite uh places to go just uh, they really do such a nice job botanically it's just it's just wonderful but uh, the rainbow eucalyptus has beautiful green peeling bark with big splotches of red in it and it's absolutely gorgeous so that's a good one to google um and there are just so many other um, fruits are very interesting um and and fruit trees look awesome in the landscape, whether it's the fruiting vine like the passion fruit or the the uh, uh, grape vine which come in bunch or uh, muscadines, um, uh, yeah, grapes are, there's just so many things you can use. Sugar apples are really interesting as a matter of fact, the sugar apple a squamosa, Can add uh, so much interest to your landscape. It's a a small uh, tree. It can be grown two dimensionally if you're out of room or if you'd like to create an espalier. And actually, if you come into the nursery now, the trees are loaded with sugar apples. And um, people, when they come in to our fruit tasting in um, July—it's too early for the sugar apples to ripen, so that's one we we never had the opportunity to taste at the uh, annual fruit tasting. However, they should start to ripen, um, I would say within in two to three weeks, and the fruit is fabulous, and um, they make a beautiful espalier, and, and it looks like hand grenades are hanging all over the tree. When they ripen, the fruit expands somewhat and um, each little node, we'll call it on the quote hand grenade, it expands somewhat and then the fruit becomes very soft. You can break it open and then you have a number of black um, shiny seeds inside which are the perfect size for spitting. <laughs> Why not? But um, it's it contains a real meaty, ultra sweet uh, creamy pulp and you can take your spoon and scoop it out it tastes like um ultra sweet pears it's so absolutely delicious and as i said very interesting to look at so uh, fruit trees can easily be incorporated into the landscape and um, there there are a lot of uh, dwarf trees too if you're concerned about the size of the trees because many people um when they think of a mango, it, they think, "Oh, a 60-footer." Well, the trees also come in a dwarf and semi-dwarf. As to uh, citrus trees, they, we have we have a dwarf uh, citrus um, on what's called the flying dragon rootstock. It's a special dwarfing rootstock. It's not genetically modified or anything like that. It's just a um, the trees are grafted, and it, the tree it makes the tree grow small, but you still have the delicious full-sized fruit. So it's just a rootstock the tree is grafted onto. But um, so if you're concerned about space, I mean there there are many dwarf trees you can plant. There are dwarf avocados, dwarf mangoes, dwarf mulberry, uh, dwarf figs, <clears throat> and so forth. So they can, if you want, like a little fruiting area in the landscape they can easily easily be incorporated into your um, landscape so and um i encourage you to come in snap a few photos of your yard and maybe just take a like a general measurements and do a rough sketch and i can i can help you come up with something something fun um, and um, get an idea of what your family enjoys what kind of fruit they enjoy or or if they're looking for shade to shade their brow <laughs> from the Florida heat, um, I can surely help. So and um, so, remember, Florida can be pretty pretty hot. And although we're getting rain now, if This sounds crazy so let's say we have a week of straight rain and then a few days go by with the blistering heat then everything's dry again so um you need to make sure uh during the the dry times that you're you're giving your newly planted plants and trees a good deep watering that's Very, very important, and um, most trees can do well in our our sandy soils. However, um, um, if your soil is really loose like like sand that just – when you pick it up, it's like water – going through your fingers <laughs> it's a good idea to mix in um, some matter like a good organic matter where we carry something called earth nourish which is great it's organic and um, you can make your own compost a lot of people uh, love uh, composting but whatever you do use mix it really really well do not put like a big thing of compost or straight cow manure in the hole and then put your trees or plants on top Um, Or else it can turn very muddy and mucky and your your roots can rot. Um, It can truly damage um, the root system of your tree or shrubs, uh, fruit trees. Um, So whatever you do add, uh, mix it well with the sandy ground to cut it. And then also do not put any fertilizer in the hole. Um, Because the heat generated from the fertilizer can burn your root system, and you would be amazed. In in two days, you won't have a leaf on the tree, and it can just, it'll look fried like a Charlie Brown tree. That's very, very important. And um, always follow the directions on the bag. Um, And many people do love, you know, like mixing fertilizer in with the hole. I just generally do not. Um, that can go on top within a couple of weeks when the the plant has a, a chance to start developing a, a few fine roots. and once you see a little new growth coming out at the top, it's a good idea to start feeding. Um, and consistently, one time a year it doesn't cut it with in Florida soil. So you for a new uh, plant, you may want to water uh, or to fertilize uh, three, four times a year. And uh, know know what the requirements are for what you're planting, such as blueberries or azaleas, magnolias, uh, camellias, gardenias. Those are all acid-loving plants. If you just plop them in the ground in sandy soil, they probably won't do well. You need to to make sure you know the pH requirement for what you're planting. Um, because you can always work sulfur in the ground initially if you need to get the pH down. And if you have the proper pH, um, most plants like like around 6.5, if your pH is pretty good right on, um, they'll absorb all the other nutrients a lot better. If your pH is way off, too alkaline or, or too acidic, um, all the nutrient, other nutrients can get uh, bound up, and you can feed and feed and feed, but your tree will just sit and do nothing. Um, and then you may wonder, why am I going through all this trouble and nothing's happening? My poor, poor tree is just sitting there. Well, chances are you need to check your pH and correct that. And once, once the pH is um, right on, um, the tree will absorb the nutrients a lot better. Uh, that's very very important. Um, so actually, if you're planning a big project, I would take several soil samples to the cooperative extension and have the uh, pH tested. Um, very very important. So, and I do hear that on occasion that they people do everything for the tree and the tree sadly sits <laughs> it does nothing. Check your pH. So. Um, at uh, this time of the year, I'm almost out of time again. Gee, once I get on a roll, I, you can't stop me. But, you know, come and see me today. I have the fans going for you. It's nice and hot out, but who cares? Come in and join me. Um, There's just so many fun things that you can grow here. Remember that. And uh, we have a lot of cool things in the nursery. And we have a big palm tree sale going on right now with all of our foxtails and Christmas palms. And, um, you know, palms add a tropical look to any landscape. And I would love to meet you. You are listening to Janae with Janae's Tropicals, located at... 6831 Central Avenue in St. Petersburg. You can find me at tropicalfruit.com or uh, Facebook at Janae's Tropicals. And you are listening to Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTVN. Love you guys, and I hope you come see me today, and have a wonderful weekend. to give you strength between Sundays. So there's an expectation in the life of a Christian that they will grow to be mature, that we will not stay infants, that
0: my life will be different than it was when I came in.
1: We're here for you. Faith Talk AM 570. Online at Let'sTalkFaith.com.
0: From Washington, D.C., it's the Cal Thomas Commentary. And now here is America's number one syndicated columnist, Cal Thomas. President Trump is backing a plan authored by Senators Tom Cotton and Sonny Perdue that would sharply reduce legal immigration and focus on those with skills who could contribute to the American economy and not be dependent on it. They'd also have to speak English. It's unlikely fearful Republicans in Congress will go for this, but it's a good start and should be considered. There is no right to come to America and no right to live on welfare if you're not a citizen. When I go to the U.K., I can't get free health care like British citizens, nor should I expect to. In defending the plan, Trump aide Stephen Miller noted the focus will be on helping African Americans, Hispanics, and others with high unemployment numbers find jobs. I'm wondering how many of them can be persuaded to give up welfare for jobs in fields and factories that immigrants willingly take.